I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, Foo followers around the world. Welcome to episode 18 of the Kung Fu Movie Guide podcast with your host, Ben Johnson. Thank you very much for joining me. We've got a great episode for you today with the one and only Scott Adkins amazing stuff remember log on to kungfumovieguide.com to read the latest martial arts movie reviews and also follow us on twitter the twitter handle is at kfmovieguide we are on facebook we are also on instagram and if you want to send me an email the email address is as always hello at kungfumovieguide.com thanks again for your support thanks for downloading this episode of the podcast here we go well if you're really so determined to have a fight then i'll oblige well 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 thank you very much for joining me for this episode of the podcast foo followers around the world uh particularly if you're joining me for the first time welcome aboard uh this is the Kung Fu Movie Guide podcast and you may be listening for the first time because we have quite a big name on today's show the biggest UK martial arts action star Scott Adkins is on the show today um, this was announced I put out a, a tweet about this a week ago and uh, Twitter went berserk uh, which was great to see uh, and it is finally here here is the episode with Scott Adkins, king of the low-budget fight film, star of such movies as the Undisputed franchise and the Ninja movies, uh, and also big Hollywood movies like Doctor Strange, Zero Dark Thirty, Expendables 2, The Bourne Ultimatum. Uh, He starred in Eliminators, Hard Target 2, Assassination Games. The list just goes on and on and on. It's amazing. I can't believe it. I'll talk more about um, how all this came about uh, in a minute, but it's a very exciting show and I hope you do enjoy it. We've got a couple of uh, housekeeping things up front. I mentioned at the end of the previous episode with uh, Celine Tran um, that if you would like to advertise on the podcast or indeed on the website, it's dead easy to do that. Just email me hello at kungfumovieguide.com and I'll provide you with some more detailed information about that. We've got a niche but a very uh, uh, loyal and global following uh, and there's lots of opportunities available to you to advertise. So do drop me a note uh, if you would like to do that. And also, uh, loyal followers of the Foo, uh, I wanted to draw your attention to our iTunes page. Uh, If you do like the show, give us a star rating or leave a message. This helps to further promote the show and helps to spread the word to more listeners. And obviously, the more listeners that we can get, then the more we can draw in advertising and produce more free content and continue to keep you guys entertained with these long-form interviews. So thank you kindly if you do 
like the podcast, log on to iTunes, subscribe to it there and do uh, give us a little bit of feedback. That would be much appreciated. Um, I'm not going to ramble on too much uh, because I know you'll probably just skip past all this anyway and go ahead and just uh, listen to my uh, chat with Scott. But um, uh, And that's fine. That's fine to do that. I totally get it. Just wanted to set up the story how this all came about. The first time I remember noticing Scott was around the time Undisputed 2 came out. So that would have been mid to late 2000s. And that's the film that introduced the character of Yuri Boyka, um, who is probably Scott's most famous role. Uh, He's a Russian mixed martial arts uh, fighter who winds up in prison. Uh, Over the course of the Undisputed movies, Boyka has uh, become, I wouldn't say good-natured, but he's he's certainly uh, become more three-dimensional. Then I was seeing Scott in more Van Damme films. He started taking lead roles in some really wonderful martial arts movies. Um, And he's always stood out, uh, not just for his amazing uh, physicality and skill as a martial artist, but also... uh, his acting chops as well so he's a trained uh, actor and that really shows uh, in his movies uh, you read more about him and I found out obviously he's uh, from Birmingham uh, from Sutton Coalfield in fact we do have a little chat about that uh, he started off doing the rounds in UK television appearing in a lot of popular soap operas uh, and then he sort of earned his spurs by moving over to Hong Kong where he worked with the Jackie Chan stunt team uh, and by all accounts he's remained a very uh, charming and hard working actor. Uh, his work rate is, is quite phenomenal. Uh, anyone who follows Scott's career will know that he's uh, he's continually working and very, very busy and active indeed. I met Scott for the first time at an event uh, in London at the O2, hosted by uh, Ricky Baker, friend of the show, Ricky Baker. Uh, he brought Scott over and did a, a Q&A and I managed to meet Scott then. Last year, um, I've launched this podcast. So this podcast has been going for, for a year now. Um, and the podcast is put together completely independently. I put the word out uh, at the start of every season. I travel around to try and find people to talk to. I go through uh, agents sometimes to try and get hold of people. Sometimes people are really easy to get hold of and they get back to you straight away and uh, others uh, are a bit harder to chase. Um, But, you know, I do it because I'm a big fan of their work and I'm a big fan of uh, the martial arts movie genre. Uh, And I do it uh, because I love it. Uh, It's a lot of hard work, but I do love sharing these interviews with you guys uh, and then hearing hearing about what you think as well so um, regular listeners of the show will know that Scott is a pretty regular topic of uh, conversation on this podcast there's a lot of people that I've spoken to here like uh, James Nunn JJ Perry Juju Chan Zara Fivian all these people have worked with Scott uh, and he has come up quite a bit in conversation over the course of this podcast and over the course of the last year and yeah I just figured that one day maybe I'll paths would cross again anyway lo and behold um, a tweet arrives drops in my inbox this happened about four weeks ago now uh, and it's from Scott Adkins uh, and I almost fell off my chair couldn't believe it Uh, he said in the tweet that um, you know he'd been listening to the show Uh, He said he liked the interviews I'd done with uh, J.J. Perry and James Nunn in particular. Uh, J.J. Perry was the fight choreographer on the second Undisputed film. Uh, James Nunn has worked with um, Scott Atkins a couple of times now. He did uh, Green Street 3 and also Eliminators, which came out last year. Um, Yeah, and Scott, in his message, asked if he could be on the show. 
Um, so I told him pretty much immediately uh, that I'm sure we could arrange that. Uh, so we wanted to use the podcast to talk about the upcoming release of the new Undisputed film. Uh, so this movie is called Boyka Undisputed 4. Uh, this lands on Blu-ray in America on the 1st of August. So the interview was quickly arranged. Uh, at a glamorous location, we were in uh, a Weatherspoons beer garden uh, at a service station near Pinewood Studios, just off the M40. Um, it was a glorious summer's day, and you can hear on this recording, uh, kids are playing in the background, there's sounds of wildlife, you can hear aeroplanes going overhead, so I hope that's not too uh, distracting for anyone. So yes, I managed to get to sit down and have a informal easygoing, wide-ranging chats with one of the biggest martial arts movie stars of today. Uh, so, as you can imagine, there's a lot of ground to cover with Scott Adkins. So, um, you know, I tried my best to cover uh, quite a lot of it. And I do hope you feel this interview meets your expectations. Uh, he does talk very passionately about his attitude towards Hollywood in particular and his training. Um, and he particularly hits upon the small issue of piracy, um, which uh, is obviously a terrible thing, which is affecting particularly the low budget uh, market which is predominantly the area where Scott works so do show your support for the genre and do go and buy uh, these movies when they do come to DVD and Blu-ray listen Scott is the hardest working man in show business right now uh, he's always got a million and one projects on the go uh, but the main ones I just wanted to flag up before we throw over to the interview um, Triple Threats this has just got a teaser trailer release uh, this was screened at the San Diego Comic Con it was screened at Rick Mayer's 20th anniversary Kung Fu Extravaganza, uh, which Rick does every year at the Comic-Con. Uh, Scott was in attendance to talk about the film, as were some of his co-stars. Michael Bisping's in this movie. Michael Jai White was there. Um, the film also stars Tony Jaa, Iko Yue, Tiger Chen, Selena Jade, Jijai Yanin. It's directed again by Jesse V. Johnson. Uh, go online, check out the teaser trailer to Triple Threat. That looks incredible. Uh, Savage Dog, that's uh, another movie that Scott has made with Jesse V. Johnson. Uh, Savage Dog is getting a theatrical release in America on the 4th of August uh, and it will be available on VOD and iTunes from the 8th of August through Accelerator Media. Um, I'm embargoed on what I can actually say about that film just yet uh, before the release date but make sure you check back to the website kungfumovieguide.com uh, and I'll put the review for Savage Dog up there. That'll be available soon. Um, Accident Man, this is a, another project that Scott uh, has been working on. This is his first film as a writer and producer. He also stars in it. Uh, it's based on a comic book that he loved uh, as a kid, so it's very much a dream project. This has another insane cast. Ray Stevenson, uh, Amy Johnston, Michael Jai White again. Ray Park is in this movie. Action by Tim Mann. Uh, the trailer is out now. Go and check that out. That's called Accident Man. That's very much Scott's um, pet project. Listen, this was a great experience talking to Scott um, and I just wanted to conclude this bit by saying that I kind of walked away from this interview feeling incredibly proud of this show really, which um, as I say it's been going for a year now um, and it's extremely gratifying to know that uh, you know a show in which 
I get to sit and geek out about something you know that I love a topic that I really love um, and that that is being picked up and recognized by you know these these guys who are the best in the business it's it sort of makes all the the hard work that you know we put into it uh, really worth it so thank you so much again for supporting this show thank you for downloading thanks for listening to the show um you know wherever you are around the world food followers everywhere um this uh, has really made me want to continue and keep pushing with the podcast uh and you know heck i mean you know we got scott adkins on the show let's get let's get van damme on the show you know Let's get um, Jet Li, Jackie Chan, Donnie Yen. I'm coming for you guys. Uh, okay, enough talk. Uh, here's me outside in a beer garden at a service station on a glorious summer's day uh, talking to the great Scott Adkins. Um, Scott Atkins, nice to meet you. Thanks for How being on the you? show. How are you, Kung Fu Movie Guide? <laughs> yes, very good. Um, we should set the scene. We're in a beautiful uh, part of... Um, where are we? We're sort of... Um, we're near Beaconsfield <laughs> Service Station. <laughs> yes. Which actually has the most idyllic lake and little park with a climbing frame. <laughs> I have to say, for a service station, this is this is rather nice, isn't it? Yeah. Although it is baking hot, yes, and we may is. have sunstroke by the end of by this conversation. Of so, um, yes. Okay. So, first of all, um, let's just say you. So, you've just come back from Pinewood Studios today. Yeah. Um, so, this is to uh, see the. Is this the final cut of Accident Man? Whereabouts are you in that in that whole process? Yeah, I've just watched the final mix of Accident Man at yeah. uh, the John Barry Theatre in Pinewood, which was great. You know, to watch it on the big screen. And to hear what the sound guys have done at Pinewood, done a great job, it sounds amazing. Also, they did the grade, so it looks fantastic. And I'm very happy with the movie, very, very chuffed. It's uh, the dream project, come to fruition. This is, we should say, this is based on a comic book that you first uh, read when you were uh, a kid. This is a British comic book. Yeah, British comic book was uh, this monthly comic called Toxic. Yeah. And it had about four different stories in every month. And I came across it just walking back from school the once. And there was this character, Accident Man, Mike Fallon, the Accident Man. And it was just a very sort of, it was a writer of uh, Judge Dredd, Pat Mills and Tony Skinner. Sure. And it was very sort of uh, British and dark and uh, comedic in that uh, Judge Dredd type of way, in that yeah. 2000 AD sort of thing. Sure, sure. About this hitman who disguises the hits as an accident, yeah. so nobody ever asks any questions. Um, and he's a master of martial arts and all the rest of it, and I always felt that it would make a brilliant film. Sure. And then as I grew up and got into the business, and I was expecting someone else to make it, and apparently it has been optioned a few times, but okay. never happened, um, I decided to option the property myself, wrote the script myself yeah. with a friend from school one of my best friends Stu Small and uh, we got Sony to invest in it and uh, we shot it November last year Yeah. and uh, now we're at the finish line and I'm, I'm really really happy very sure. very excited for people to see this one it's very different yeah. to the usual stuff that I've done so it's different in what, in what sense? well it still gives you all the martial arts that you would expect but on top of that it's um, got a lot of comedy in it very yeah. dark sense of humour sure. 
and um, it's very British. Yeah. Uh, it's, you know, it's somewhat like Snatch in its approach. It's a little bit Guy Ritchie, and um, it's kind of quirky as well. Yeah, you've got a yeah. few so Nick Moran's in this as well. There's a yeah. few sort of uh, recognisable British. There's a lot of great British talent in, in the film, isn't there? Yeah, Nick Moran, Ray Stevenson. Um, we got Perry Benson, who's great. Uh, Ross O'Hennessy plays this crazy character called uh, um, Cutthroat it's, Cliff. Yeah. Who's an absolute psycho, just screams all the time, although Ross is actually Shakespearean trained actor. Um, yeah, uh, we got Ashley Green yep. from Twilight, she's fantastic. We got Ray Park, Darth Ray Park, Maul. Yeah, Amy Johnston's in this Amy movie. Amy Johnston, well, yeah. she's amazing. One of the best, the best female martial artist I've ever. Have you seen Lady Blood Fights? Have I, seen haven't seen movie? It. Sure. I haven't seen okay. it. Okay, it's a good movie. Yeah, well, she's phenomenal. Yeah. Um, and Michael Jai White, of course, my yes. good mate Mike. Yes. Um, probably forgetting someone but yeah loads of people <laughs> um, Scott I want to know how you're finding it on the other side of the camera because this is the first film that you've obviously written but you're this is you've produced this this is very much your dream project uh, how are you finding that side of things is it what you thought it would be like <laughs> well it's very stressful yeah I mean, I did it out of necessity. It's not something that I wanted to do. Fine, okay. Uh, maybe directing is something that I want to do in the future. Yeah. But it was just a case of, I really want to make this film. I think it would be great. I wrote it because I couldn't afford to pay for a proper writer to write it. Right. You know, I just wanted to, to adapt the comic, yeah. which I did with my mate. And he did uh, the lion's share of the work. And he's, he's great and he's coming into his own. He's going to have a great career. Um, Stu Small. Um, but you know it was kind of stressful I think if I was a producer and I wasn't so emotionally invested it would be easier yeah yeah. but there's always a lot of compromise and the project was, is so dear to me and it carries so much weight it's so important that to make business decisions uh, you know I was making it with my heart some of the time and probably shouldn't have been but sure. you know just very emotionally invested in this so it, it's been stressful yeah yeah, uh, but I'm and glad obviously, I did it. you know, you're you're the person producing this, writing it, but you're starring in this film as well. So that brings its own sort of element of stress as well, I guess. To, yeah, to especially with an action film and yeah. all the physical toils of yeah. making a martial arts film. But you know, I'm not producing it on my own. I have Craig Baumgarten who produced Universal Soldier, sure, um, and the Hook, and yeah. you know, big films like that. Very experienced guy, uh, Eric Kritzer, my manager. Um, we have Sony, of course, uh, and the line producer Ben Jacks, British uh, line producer. He's been amazing. We couldn't have made the film without him. Sure, sure. Uh, so I've not been on my own, but you know, it's it's been tough, but it's it's rewarding. I'm really happy with where we're at at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Is this something that you see yourself doing more of? Do you think in the future, sort of financing and? Uh, doing your own projects well it's nice to be the master of your own destiny in the sense of creating your own projects yeah um, rather than just waiting for something to come along yeah um, so I've definitely got some other projects that I would like to uh, you've to, got to other things made. on your yeah, yeah I mean nothing major at the moment yeah, ideas yeah. But now that this is done I can start thinking about that yeah um, I'd like to direct in the future yeah but I, it's so difficult to direct and star if you're if you don't have a big schedule sure if, if it's a tight schedule it's very difficult yes it's very yes. time consuming especially if it's an action film the, yeah. those fights take a lot of your uh, you know a lot of strength and 
It stops you pretty quick. Yeah. My superior kung fu will finish you off. Jesse Johnson uh, has directed that uh, film, and you've worked with him quite a bit. Uh, James Nunn as well, you've worked it with uh, a few times. Isaac Florentine, you've worked with a lot. You, you have a tendency to uh, work with these guys a number of times. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously, these guys are experienced. They know how to turn around these films quite efficiently and quite quickly, I guess. Um, but is, is there a reason why you go back to these, these, these people? I think what's more telling is that they keep coming back to me. <laughs> right. Do you know what I mean? I think, sure. I think I'm a good collaborator. Yeah. And I work very hard. I really put my heart into it. Um, and I think um, a lot of these directors respond to that. Yeah. You know, yeah. they know I'm going to give it my all. So it's, it's good to have me working alongside them. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously if I'm happy with them as directors yes. and, and what they can bring to one of our films yeah. uh, that makes me want to want to work with them again yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um uh, and i guess because the reputation is obviously you know you are incredibly hard working i think you've done like 13 films in the last two years or something i think i counted is it that many <laughs> something like that oh dear um, is anyone getting an adkins fatigue yet <laughs> i like to work what can i say yeah i spent years and years struggling as an actor sure uh, getting turned down for all sorts of parts uh, not doing very well um, so there's a part of me that's worried that it's all going to go away and maybe I should just strike while the iron's hot sure um, there are some that I probably shouldn't have done but I just like I <laughs> do you really want to name those or uh... well I better not but um, I just like to work yeah and uh, that's it really yeah it's yeah. not it's a career and I'm not one of these guys that wants to leave a legacy of films that are all amazing Sure. I like to get stuck in. I like yeah. to work, and some are going to work, and some won't. Yeah, but I think that's what's refreshing about a lot of your films and your approach to these films is, as you say, you can the hard work is up on screen. I mean, you can see the you know the effort that's gone into it with the choreography, yeah. and the training, or the preparation. Um, yeah, you're not someone to phone it in. <laughs> no, no, I don't. It's a privilege what I do. Um, I'm lucky to be able to do it. I don't take it for granted. You know, and there's a lot of money that goes into these films. I'm, I'm not going to be the guy who won't come out of the trailer. Yeah. You know, I understand the, uh, the problems of filmmaking. There's some actors out there that are, all they're worried about is their performance. And that is a very valid thing to be worried about. But yeah. when it gets to the point where you're actually halting the production and being kind of selfish, I don't understand that. Yeah. And I think about my job more as a filmmaker possibly than an actor. Yeah. And I don't know why that is. But I just. So you mean you're more? Well, you feel like you're more on the side of the director and the overall production than yeah. you know. You're not thinking, oh, well, this is a Scott Atkins vehicle, so. Yeah, I don't want to just protect myself and have the film suffer. Yeah. And when you're making low-budget films, which you do a lot of independent movies, um, you don't have the time to mess about. Um, and some some of these actors can get away with that because yeah. they're so talented. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, I just... I see myself more as a filmmaker than an actor in some strange ways. A yeah. little bit, you know. Yeah. I, I understand the process, I understand how hard it is, I understand that we've all got to do it together. And yeah. that's why these directors like working with me. Yeah, yeah. Um, but maybe sometimes I should put my foot down and say, no, 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 mate, I want more than one take, please. Sure. Because that first one was shit. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, maybe I should do a bit more of that often. There's Find a middle ground. <laughs> But do you have what? What do you expect from a director? 
when you're working with a director? I want them to know exactly what they're making. I want them to be in control of it. I want them to have a vision. Um, and I want to feel that, that I, they've, I'm in good hands yeah. and I can trust them. And I want, I don't, you know, I don't want a director to be worried to say to me, listen, that, that was shit. You can do better than that. Right. Go again. Yeah. Um, I don't need to be mod- mollycoddled. Yeah. If it's bad, tell me. I've got a thick skin. I can take it. Let's yeah. make sure we get a good performance here. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes when you're working with a new director, it, it'll take till the end of the movie to get that yeah. to get to that place. So that's why I like working with Isaac and yeah. uh, you know James Nunn and Jesse and working with these guys again and again because we, we've got a shorthand now. Yeah. And um, I can be as brutally honest with them as they can be with me. And it's not to be a dick. It's just. You know, this is what we need to do to make this film good. Let, let's do it. Yeah. You don't yeah. need to be uh, too polite. Sure. <laughs> it's important. And I guess there's obviously that um, focus on getting the action as as good as possible as well. And you've worked a lot with um, Tim Mann, as I say, as a fight choreographer. You've worked with quite a bit. Uh, JJ Perry as well you've worked yeah. with. Um, you know, are you attracted to projects off the back of that sometimes? It's never been a case of who's the fight choreographer, okay, I'm doing it. It's it's who's the director. Yeah. I know that I can get good guys in to work with me, fight coordinators, because they're immediately going to say, oh, okay, Scott Adkins' film, he delivers with the martial arts. Yeah. So we'll get good guys because of that, because they know that they're going to get the chance to shine. Mm-hmm. With Tim Mann, I love working with Tim because he's really prepared. And uh, what's most important is understanding the camera. Yeah. You can be a great choreographer, but if you don't understand where to put the camera, it's all for nothing. Yeah. And I. Well, you tra- can be a great martial artist as well, and not necessarily know those things as well. It doesn't mean that it well, necessarily yeah. translates. To exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. all about filmmaking. Yeah. It's the art of filmmaking. So you've got to know where to put the camera, and uh, Tim understands that. And I, I like to have someone that I trust behind the camera uh, watching the monitor because I'm in front of it I can't keep running back and checking things and I can't relay the information of the size of the shot and stuff like that to the camera guy the camera operator while I'm trying to do the choreography so you need people you can trust like Tim Mann and Lionel Stovall and uh, JJ Perry and these are the guys I keep going back to because I mean JJ's off doing all the top Hollywood stuff now (laughs) you traitor yeah no I love JJ I'm very happy for his success hopefully he'll uh, bring me along for the next Fast and the Furious (laughs) or something um I think what's telling as well is what's happened with that style of action and fight choreography as well. Because uh, it doesn't seem that long ago when, I mean, and you were in a Bourne film, that style of uh, f- uh, filmmaking where it was a sort of, you know, film from every angle, they splice it all together and you can't actually see the movements. Mm. Um, you know, and then, you know, you come along with, you know, Isaac Florentine, JJ Perry, and you're doing these undisputed films where you're getting these wonderful, you know, long takes, this handheld stuff, it's going in very close. Um, I mean, whose idea was that? Was it a sort of uh, out of necessity that that sort of came about, I guess, if you've got, you know, a few, like a day to turn a fight scene around? Well, the Bourne the, the way of, the Paul Greengrass way of doing things. Sure, yeah, well, that was the yeah. popular way of doing things for a while, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. And now it seems... Well, it's the easiest way for a start. Yeah. The proper way is the harder way. Yeah. But it's funny because The Matrix came along and you thought to yourself, oh, okay, Hollywood's finally figured it out now. We're sure. going to be doing it the Hong Kong style, yeah. which clearly is, looks the best. Yeah. Um, and then uh, 
we got the Bourne films and it, and it changed that way now Paul Greengrass out of anyone that does it that way he does it the best very well yes um, but you know the action sequences did lack a bit they could have been better and having worked on the Bourne Ultimatum seeing how they shot it I mean n- nobody bothered to tell me where the camera was interesting so okay I've got to make this punch look like a hit right um, you've got five cameras you're moving them in between takes yeah. so I never know where they are right I'm having to figure it out now that works brilliantly dramatically yeah. as an actor to not have to worry about hitting my mark to not have to worry about you know different things like is the cap covering my eyes and all that sort of stuff all I've got to worry about is playing the scene with the actor yeah. that is a, a brilliant freeing experience yeah. it makes for great drama it makes it easier for the actor Yeah. Okay. but on the flip side to do a fight like that it makes it terribly difficult if you want it to look good yeah. if you're not bothered if you just want to make it through the day and whatever they've got figure it out in the editing room well it's probably easier for the actor yeah. but to make a good fight scene like that it's re- really hard um, you know and it makes it more dangerous as well they'll do the whole fight from beginning to end um, over and over and over again so you're there's, still there's hours, hours of cut footage that's never yeah, used yeah, yeah, what yeah. a waste of time yeah <laughs> right? what an absolute waste of time and energy yeah. but you're saying that from the perspective of having worked on like you know big Hollywood stuff and also having that experience of you know doing that on a shoestring well I was lucky that I started in Hong Kong and I was trained by the best and yeah. I learned straight away how things should be done yeah um, and it's actually quite simple you don't need to overcomplicate it um, but that was a very English or American way of, of doing things yeah. and it's it's not the best way it really isn't it, the best way is to choose a section of choreography and put the camera where it needs to be accordingly maybe have a second one yeah and then get that section of choreography and then move on to the next. Yeah. And that way we know that this bit works. We've got it. We've watched the replay. Okay, great. Move on. Yeah. Next bit. And you, you'll get a longer fight scene in a shorter amount of time. However, it's harder to make all the hits work for the one camera angle. Yeah. But that, that's the skill of it. That's yeah. the art of the fight sequence yeah, yeah. on film. Yeah. And I guess so. then it becomes a bigger onus then on the editor to try and... You know, they've got to choose. They've got five cameras. To I don't from. want to give the editor anything to edit. Yeah. I want to give. I want to say, put this bit there. Then that bit goes there. Mm-hmm. Then that bit goes there. Mm-hmm. Don't fuck with it. Yeah. I've killed many men with this pole, but still, I don't want to kill you yet. Okay, Boyka. Yeah. The fourth undisputed film. Yeah. It seems to me that, um, you know, when he appeared in Undisputed Two. Um, that was a real catalyst for you like that was a real that was a big uh, performance it was a big movie uh, and obviously it's uh, it, it established this character which I guess you've become known for really I guess um, the the initial idea of the Boyka character can you remember if you cast your mind back to to uh, when was yeah. that 2006 yeah two, what we shot in 2005 or 2006 yeah, yeah. I'd done a film with Isaac before the director Isaac Florentine um, he wanted to work with me again they said we want to do Undisputed 2 we're going to have Michael J. White play the Ving Rhames part yeah, yeah. and we've got this character Yuri Boyka yeah. and he was written like Dolph Lundgren nice. he was written like Ivan Drago yeah. and that's what they wanted but Isaac wanted me and he was a boxer they were both boxers yeah, because we should say the first Undisputed film was... It yeah. was a boxing... It was boxing like a prison-based yeah. boxing yeah. movie. 
Um, so it's a good film. It is a good with film. Some good performances. It's a different film to how the rest of the franchise is going. Yeah. Um, I, but Isaac wanted to introduce martial arts into it because he's a karate nut. Yep, sure. And we're actually the first film to feature mixed martial arts as as it is today. Yeah. Yeah. Which I'm quite proud of. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they wanted uh, Isaac really wanted me. There was a bit of opposition. Uh, I had to put on a lot of muscle. Right. Uh, yes. Michael Jai White is no small guy. No. <laughs> and to play the, the bad guy that's supposed to be intimidating towards him is no small feat. Yes. Yes. So I put on as much muscle as I could, and I really wanted to play the bad guy. Yeah. You know, he was sure. he was written as a bad guy. I wanted people to be afraid of me. Yeah. Um, but what was great about the character is that he had a sense of honour an essential of righteousness yes I mean he's sort of his character's uh, developed quite a bit over the movies though hasn't he because as, you, as you're right you've sort of added l- layers of depth into, into his character which I mean maybe it was there on the, on the page originally or maybe it wasn't was that something you and Isaac developed then was it we, because he was the martial artist yeah. we, we're not going to portray a martial artist as yeah. some evil you know just one dimensional character sure. he had to have that sense of honour because yeah. he's a martial artist at the end of the day yeah, yeah. even though he was twisted and he was the bad guy yeah. and he's got this past and he's, he's in the prison and all the rest of it he's the martial artist so we're going to give him those codes as martial artists that's just the way we're going to yeah, see yeah. it um, and I think that's really what made people enjoy his character yeah. and also what got us out of jail for want of a better word, yeah. get 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 our jail free card t- uh, to do Undisputed Three, yeah. and now Undisputed Four because yeah. he had those codes and people appreciated that, but they also appreciate the fact that he was a badass, yeah, and didn't take any shit, yeah. <laughs> You mentioned about the training, getting into the Boyka role. That involves uh, quite a big training regime, does it, to, to get into the Yeah, Boyka it's difficult frame to put on the muscle. Yeah. But you, you put the muscle on, you know, yeah, and you, yeah. you put the big coat on. And mm-hmm. with Michael in Undisputed 2, we would dutch the camera sure. to make uh, me look taller than I was yeah. when we were both barefoot. Yeah. And then when I was out in the, the yard and stuff, I had these... Uh, military boots on with an extra heel lift sure uh, almost twisted my ankle a few times but that it was very important to make me look as big as Mike or even yeah. taller than Mike in the movie yeah which really confused people even to this day I'm 5 foot 10 alright <laughs> I'm officially admitting it 5 foot 10 but you're um, right you're, tall, you're very tall in that in that movie yeah yeah because they're meant to be heavyweights yeah I'd be a welterweight yeah but um yeah, people love that character. He's my most famous character. He's more famous than me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it goes side by side. I mean, when you play that character a few times as well, I guess it gets sort of embedded in people's... Well, that was the one that broke me through as well. Yeah, yeah. About a year after the release. And the film didn't come out for a year after we shot it. Mm. It was delayed by about a year. But then about a year after it was finally released, I felt things change. And that, Yeah, that's right. That was the catalyst for... I guess the springboards maybe to a lot of the other films that then you were taking the leads in and then you became yeah. central in, in uh, as a good guy as well, which, yeah. you know, must have been... The struggles became a bit less. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but the story of Boyka is also similar to your sort of story and your transition there because obviously Boyka starts off as a villain and you'd yeah. made a few roles as playing a villain in it before that. Yeah. Um, and then suddenly he has this transformation in the third film. You start to learn, you know, he develops that relationship with the other prisoner. You learn more about his character and he's become a nice guy wouldn't say a nice, nice guy a no, bit more sympathetic maybe a bit more sympathetic yeah 
but that's the great thing about Boyka is he is layered he's complex um, and the way I see him is that he's got this rage within him yeah from a bad upbringing and things that we'll find out in a future instalment fine but it's it's he's got so much untapped potential he could have been the great the greatest fighter the yeah. world's ever known yeah. the Fedor of of his you know fantasy movie land sure. but his rage that he cannot control has always got him into trouble and it's put him in prison but however in the ring he can tap into that rage and that's what makes him yeah. such an incredible fighter as well yeah um, so it's it's great and it's his doom as well do you think you need a bit of that to be a, a good fighter I know you actually no yeah actually no but in our movie land that's, that's, <laughs> that's what we're what using he, but he actually needs. to be a great fighter you need to be calm cool yeah. collected sure. no emotion right but maybe we'll be addressing that in, in Undisputed 5 <laughs> um, that's, that's happening then is it 5 is no five. it's not happening and what I want to say to your listeners sure is we have this piracy problem I'm always going on about it yeah and let me say that yes the distributors have messed up and somehow the film has been leaked six months before its official release yeah and a lot of people have seen it mm. and I get people congratulating me about how good the film is <laughs> on Facebook yeah and it's very nice and everything but I you do realise that I know that you've stolen it yeah. and you've watched it without paying for it but guess what I understand you want to see the movie the only place you can see it is by downloading it for free I get it but when the film comes out August 1st in America and most of the world mm -hmm. whenever it comes to your country I need you to do me a favour I need you to purchase it legally because we put a lot of hard work into this character I love playing this character put a lot of hard work into the film and if you want to see Undisputed 5 needs you to purchase it leg uh, legally it needs to make money yeah. if it doesn't we won't be able to do another one and it's as simple as that it is a business and the films need to make money yeah. it didn't get a theatrical release it needs to be paid for on iTunes on Amazon Netflix get the Blu-ray mm. just help us out mm. please do me a favour you've got mm. to support my movies do you think just people just don't realize I think they don't realize they don't realize yeah and they probably just think well a film's a film uh, if I can access it this way you know without paying for it then you know so what kind of thing they think we're all rolling in it and we're all yeah, rich yeah. it's not the case no. there are some big Hollywood producers that, that are rich yeah they're you know head of Warner Brothers you know <laughs> whatever yeah. but the, the 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 actors and the crew that work on these films they're um being asked to work for less money yeah. uh, because these films are making less money mm -hmm. um, and we have less shooting days to make these films if you're going to do a martial arts film you need time to make those fights good yep. um, and now I'm being asked to make films in three weeks and then someone comes on Facebook or whatever and says oh yeah why didn't you make that film more like uh, this other film well it's because we had a massive shoot, massive shooting schedule compared mm. to what I've had to do for this movie because you've been downloading these films for free mm. <laughs> Yeah. Just help me out, guys. Yeah. Come on, do it. Just yeah, you know. Or they'll compare a, a low-budget film to something like The Raid or something, yeah. and people just won't, you know, realize that. Well, you know, The Raids—they probably you know, filmed that for like six yeah, months on, to a on year. Back, on back was shot over the course of a year and a half. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, there you There's go. There's a lot That's, of time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Raid, seventy-day shoot. The Raid, two hundred thirty-day shoot. Boyka, undisputed, four shooting schedule of I 
think 30 days or something yeah I think less than that 28 days or something well, and that you know we were lucky to get that yeah I've done films where it's 21 day shoot Hard Target was a 20 day shoot Hard Target wow. too yeah was it oh your fights weren't as good as, well, as uh, you know in yeah. the other films well no because we didn't have the time and you're noticing, Scott, that that's actually getting reduced as well. So those days are coming coming down in the time that you. Oh, guess what? We still do a good job, even though we've got 21 yeah. days oh, yeah, compared. And then they're like, "Okay, can do it in 18." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. So. so does it make you a bit annoyed when you're on the set of Doctor Strange for like however many months that is? So then you know, is there times where you're just sitting around <laughs> thinking you know what what we could do in this this yeah time well that it yeah takes. That, there's too much time there you can get a yeah. bit frustrated i think to myself god i would have this would be done and dusted now if i was doing it my way yeah so you know you want um i'd love to be given a 30 million dollar budget um and to have uh, not a load of time but you know give me seven weeks yeah I'll give you something great give me eight weeks seven weeks I'll yeah. give you something phenomenal yeah. what I do in four weeks other action stars cannot do in three months six yeah. months yeah and I wish the Hollywood elite the producers would recognise that yeah I mean it's it's just mathematics right <laughs> yeah. it's not rocket science do you think that there is a real attitude there amongst Hollywood that that's um, I think when you've not... done a few B movies you become tarred with that brush right um, do you feel and you're seen as that guy and uh, I knew this going in to be honest but you know you want to work you want to provide for your family um, so I'm seen as that guy now but I wish that they would give me the break I think I've earned it I deserve it do you really see yourself as that as that guy? I mean, you've made... I think you've other been people in, do. Right. Hollywood do. Yeah. That's what they said. That's what they said. Pretty much. <laughs> but you've been in, like, you know... Supporting role. Yeah. When, when am I going to get the... When's somebody going to take a chance? Sure. When's somebody going to give me that big break? Yeah. I'm still waiting. <laughs> James Bond? <laughs> exactly. Barbara. <laughs> yeah. I know you listen to the Kung Fu Movie Podcast. <laughs> yeah. Now is the time. <laughs> the shoot is wet, but the martini is still dry. <laughs> One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. <laughs> Your skill in Kung Fu is renowned. I'd like to compliment you, Mr. Wong. The feedback has been great for this yeah. film. You must be very chuffed by, you know, all the response yeah. it's been getting. Yeah, yeah. works well, very hard on it. Yeah. Um, people love the character. Um, we tried a few different things with the character now. I think it's still very much in keeping with who he is, but we're seeing different sides to him, yeah. which is important. Um, and, uh, yeah, you're going to get what you expect, and uh, you get a compelling story, and... You know, people love watching Boyka and I love playing him. Sure. Um, you've just come back from Shanghai. 
where uh. you received a number of very prestigious awards yeah. uh, for Boyka, presented by none other than Jackie Chan. Yeah, it was the Jackie Chan Action Awards. Yeah. Uh, the Jackie Chan Week in Sh- at the Shanghai Film Festival. So they asked me to attend, and I didn't know I was actually in contention. I just wanted to go along to see Jackie Chan again. It's been 15 years since sure. I worked with him last. Yep. Obviously, I'm a huge fan. Always have been and always will be. He's a living legend. Um, and only when the ceremony started did I realise I was actually in contention. A few things lost in translation. Um, the, I, Boyka was up for best fight, best actor, best action actor. Yeah. Because the action awards. And uh, best film. Um, and we won best fight. I went up to accept that award. Chris Tucker was there Chris to Tucker, give yeah. me the award. Sure. And then um, was this quite? This was quite a surreal experience. It was then, a surreal it? experience. And then we got nominated for best film. We didn't get that. Sultan got that. Yeah. Well deserved. And then it was best action actor. And you know, there's a few Chinese names coming up. And I'm, yeah, I'm in China, so yeah. I'm not expecting to win this. Who, know, who else Mr. is in there? Like, uh, there's the guy from the Black Sheep Affair. Oh yeah, um, uh, Vincent, Vincent Zhao. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I thought he was going to get it because he was sat in front of me. Yeah. And the, the guys that went up, which was uh, Teddy Chen, director of Accidental Spy. Yeah. I forget his name, but comedian from loads of the uh, Seven Lucky... Is it Eric Sang? Because I saw a photo of you and Eric so, Sang yeah. was on the stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so they, they read out the awards. And just before they opened the envelope, they made a joke, because I'm listening to it with the woman on uh, translation <laughs> coming through. They made a joke that, should we just not open the envelope because there's been so many foreigners announced already? Let's just say a Chinese name. And everyone laughed. And I'm thinking, oh, yeah, great, great, great. But anyway, I didn't really, really didn't expect to win. And then they called out my name. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. And honestly, to win the Jackie Chan Action Award twice yeah. in China means more to me than you know, winning an Oscar would yeah. because, you know, it's not the Oscars that has made me go down this path. Sure. It's watching bloody kung fu movies, especially the Jackie Chan variety. Yes, yes. So to get that that from him is just amazing. And, you know, people like Stanley Tong and the other yeah, people Yeah, there was voted. loads of... Yeah. So there was loads of people that... Yen Wah, I know, I, yeah, I'm like, looking out over the, the crowd and there's Yun Wah, there's Yun Biao, there's yeah. Sammo Hung, there's all these Chinese stars. Sure. You've got Wu Jing there. You've yeah, got, yeah. you know, all, all these people that I admire and have watched being a kid all these kung mm. fu films I've watched and you know to get the respect from your peers it's a wonderful wonderful it's thing it's amazing it's yeah. amazing it was amazing yeah <laughs> yeah um, and as you say so you, yeah growing and to up to win best fights yes at a Chinese awards ceremony <laughs> in China <laughs> yeah. that is like selling ice to the Eskimos <laughs> and I saw Jackie Jackie came up afterwards and said how proud he was of me and that I was doing all these films and he was watching my career grow and Wow. I said, you know, it's such an honour to get this award from you, blah, blah, blah. And he said, you deserve it. I gave him a big hug and I really didn't want to let go. Yeah. <laughs> it was amazing. Scott, I want to go back a little bit. Um, Sutton Coalfield. Yeah. <laughs> we should say it's near, it's, uh, it's Birmingham way, it's Midlands. Yeah. North um, of Birmingham. North of Birmingham. Um, so... Growing up in Sutton Coalfield, do you still you still live around Birmingham then? Do you? I still live in Sutton, Sutton Coalfield. Coalfield. Amazing, yeah. 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 Is it describe what's Sutton, Sutton, Sutton Coalfield? I've never been to no. Sutton Coalfield. It's the royal town of Sutton Coalfield. We've got a big park called Sutton Park. Yeah. Legend has it that King Henry VIII would go there and hunt deer 
I went to Bishop Vesey's grammar school. Bishop Vesey was a famous bishop back in those times. Yeah. And uh, it's a nice part of Birmingham. Part of the world, it's, yeah, yeah. Uh, you've got Solihull, which is Solihull, a little yes. bit upmarket. Yeah. And you've got Sutton Coalfield. Nice. Um, so we're away from the riffraff. Yeah. But, you know, still got a stupid <laughs> accent, uh, which you can't really get rid of. But in Sutton, if you pronounce the T, apparently it makes you sound much smarter. But anyway, Sutton Coalfield. Sure. Sutton Coalfield. Is it an accent that you try? Because when you oh, yeah. you say Sutton, it's still there, isn't it? It's not something. It's still you, there, it's still but there. I've done my best to get rid of it. Right. I really did get rid of it when I, I lived in London for five years. But having moved back for the past six years, yeah. seven years, it's crept its way back in. Yes. yes. But yeah, um, it's not as full on as it used to be. You know sure. what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember like your earliest film moments when you first saw? I don't know, was it a Jackie Chan film or like a, a Van Damme film or something that got you into um, martial arts in the first place? Can you remember what that, that moment yeah, was? Yeah, no, I remember it um, vividly. I'd always appreciated Bruce Lee and that was always on. I don't remember seeing him for the first time. He was just kind of there yeah. in the zeitgeist, wasn't he, Bruce Lee? Yeah. Uh, but I remember coming home from school, going to the newsagents, which had a video section, yeah. and seeing Bloodsport looking at the cover thinking wow who's this dude sure. I'd seen No Treat No Surrender but Van Damme didn't make as much of an impact on me in that as Kurt McKinney to be honest with you yes. I didn't really remember him but then when I saw Bloodsport and he's on the front uh, international martial arts sensation Jean-Claude Van Damme yeah that's right I thought bloody hell what the hell is this 18 certificate right I hid the video behind another video sure I've pegged it home to my mum's mum come on gotta get down to Circle K gotta get this film Bloodsport come on let's go so we got, we got it, and I watched it for three days straight, just over and over and over again. Yeah. I remember saying to him, Mom, Mom, I want to do this, what this guy does, international martial arts sensation. I want to be an international martial arts sensation. Just like you were, how old was, was... 12. 12. Yeah, 1988. Sure. So you were just captivated by that, you knew straight away. Yeah, and Jackie Chan films it. hadn't come out at this point in England. Sure, they um, were. Yeah, they were hard to get hold of. Well, he yeah. wasn't yet, you know, within the cultural sphere. I'd seen point, the, uh, the Protector, a cutout of the Protector, and they'd made him look like Bruce Lee. And I remember thinking, ah, who's this guy trying to be like Bruce Lee? Sure. Uh, watched the Protector, thought nothing of it. You yeah. know, I'm just a young kid. Yeah. And then Police Story came out, and then they all followed uh, all the Jackie Chan films. But that was after Bloodsport. Mm. Mm. So, what did your parents think? Um, <laughs> they were supportive. My mom was very supportive. My dad yeah. tried to tell me, uh, you know, you need to get a proper profession, son. Sure. He was worried that it wasn't going to work out for me, and you can't blame him. Yeah. Uh, but my mom was always very supportive, uh, and my nan, and they believed in me. I was talking to my mom about this yesterday, to be honest. Yeah. And I said, uh, well, when did you realise that was going to be okay, and that you know it wasn't just going to end up you know a yeah. failure yeah, yeah. and she said I always knew you were going to be okay because I could always tell how passionate you were about it mm. um, and it was it was a calling yeah it wasn't a conscious conscious decision it was just something within me and I had to do it and it was do or die yeah and no one was going to take it from me I was I was going to make it yeah I was going to do it were you what were you like at school though were you were you into school as well or it's just academically you were just like not no not I wasn't very good at school right I uh, would stay up late watching movies yeah <laughs> and I would sleep in the lessons sure and I wasn't a very good student 
and you know I don't want people to think it's okay to not be a good student but if I'm honest with you I just wasn't interested I knew what I wanted to do and yeah, yeah. maths wasn't one of them yeah <laughs> yeah religious studies certainly wasn't sure yeah but your family you come from a family of butchers is that right yeah yeah, yeah. so was, there wasn't like a an expectation or there was uh, the family yeah my dad wanted me and my brother to go into the family business yeah 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 uh, but we weren't bothered yeah. and you know the butchering industries so many of those shops have shut down now with yeah, the yeah. supermarkets it's, unless you, you you've got a nice spot in a village or something it's kind of hard to compete with so, those supermarkets sure, sure people want to go somewhere where every, it's a one stop shop you know yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah. yeah anyway it wasn't for me and my brother yeah but, you know, I've always ate meat. Maybe that's why I can jump high and quite durable. <laughs> yeah, the protein. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of protein. When did you start getting into, like, actually training in the martial arts? When I was 10 years old, I started judo because my dad and my brother did it. Yeah. And they... Uh, oh, so it was, in the, it was in the house already then? Yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and my brother still does judo to this day. Yeah. But he got more into rugby as he got older. But, yeah, I didn't really enjoy judo. They kind of made me do it. I used to hide under the chess table. I, I liked it when I was there. I was just a kid, you know. Yeah, yeah. But then they, we all stopped. But at age 13, I started doing taekwondo and uh, really took to that. Naturally good kicker. Yeah, yeah. And uh, this is when I started to get into the movies and stuff, mm. uh, the martial arts films. And, you know, then kickboxing and various styles of martial art yeah and I've never stopped training and I kind of got obsessed I had my own no treat no surrender thing going on sure. I turned the garage into a shrine to Bruce Lee yes I had a Bruce Lee flag candles that I would light I would bow to the seafood <laughs> and I would start work on my punch bag then go over to the makiwara yeah yeah I had the speed ball and everything sure I had my weights nice and I was obsessed with it and then at about age 14 I was mugged on the top of a double decker bus right by some guys and let me tell you my training went into overdrive uh, every night I was in there yeah yeah okay because you know, okay. I was determined to uh, make sure that that, that didn't, didn't happen, happen again yeah interesting yeah, yeah. so you were training as a as a self-defense more or were you training for competitions at that stage or what was your sort of catalyst just enjoying the the whole just journey of it. martial arts yeah, yeah. you know um I, I enjoyed trying to do the best kicks that i could do yeah, yeah. in a more you know filmic flamboyant style sure. just because i enjoy those movies and the dexterity of athletic performers um but, you know everything just enjoying the whole journey of martial arts doing some semi-contact competitions in taekwondo and getting into kickboxing I, you know i never wanted to be a professional fighter but we would have uh you know friday night sparring sessions and stuff like yeah, that yeah, yeah and somewhere along the line it all came became about the movies yeah yeah um, but wasn't there you were teaching for a little bit though weren't you too, yeah weren't you, I teach yeah, kickboxing yeah. and I still do seminars yeah I was gonna yeah because that pops up on the Instagram and stuff every every now and again is that something you obviously you, obviously you're still interested in doing that because you're still doing it yeah um, you see yourself doing more of that kind of thing that I, of I enjoyed to teach I did it for a long time 
and I enjoy to work with uh, martial artists and give them some of my knowledge. Yeah. The great thing about what I do with the martial arts films is I'm constantly coming into contact with incredible martial artists yeah, from exactly. all, all around the world, yeah, you know, yeah. professional fighters, martial arts masters, whatever, yeah. different styles. Uh, so I've picked up a lot of things because, you know, we always have a chat, a little train. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I'm quite knowledgeable. And, and I enjoy to teach people. It's yeah. rewarding. Yeah. Yeah. With the guys that you're coming into contact with, and girls, sorry, uh, who are martial arts trained, have a background in it, uh, do you think that is is that important in the movie world? Do you think to to have that, or um, I mean, because um, they can get sort of, you know, with enough training, you know, Keanu Reeves can look like yeah, you yeah, know, Brazilian jiu-jitsu or whatever. But do you uh, do you always think you notice that? Do you think it's important? Well, most real martial artists or fighters. Uh, struggle to translate it to the screen because yeah. they're so locked into doing it the right way. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to doing it on film, you've got to you've got to show the technique. Yeah. It, dancers are very good. I mean, when I worked with Hugh Jackman on Wolverine, he was phenomenal at remembering the choreography and, and understanding how to do it for the camera. Yeah, because he comes from that song and dance background. Um, you know, somebody like Michelle Yeoh, who's a dancer. Mm-hmm. Um, Van Damme in a way can we say yeah. I mean he's got yeah. that um, well Bruce Lee was the cha-cha champion of Hong Kong very good point he was yeah so he's, he knows how to, to show it on the screen um, it's all about expressing yourself on the camera yeah I guess yeah so you know so, some are good at it you're like Kung Lee um, extremely good screen fighter and obviously an amazing amazing fighter real well. fighter yeah, yeah. yeah so some can do it but some can't yeah. yeah sometimes it goes against them yeah there's a trend now for UFC fighters to be getting in front of the camera you're seeing that a lot more yeah. uh, it reminds me of back in the 90s you'd get you know a world kickboxing champ or something and they'd put them in yeah. a really terrible exactly. B movie doesn't <laughs> and, mean uh, it's going to be a good film mean it's or a good film, uh, yeah. martial arts actor yeah but I mean the yeah. advice for those guys because there'll be people training and they will have similar ambitions and dreams that you know that you had when when you were growing up Hollywood and just the general public get caught up on this whole thing about they want to watch a film and believe that the guy they're watching is a legitimate badass you know you get someone like Steven Seagal a a big part of the appeal is they think that he's legit work for the CIA could fucking kill someone with his little finger all the rest of it but let come on it's all a load of you know let's get real it's entertainment I would rather watch Jackie Chan he was a great martial artist, yeah. but he's a filmmaker than uh, the latest UFC champ. Yeah, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to watch Ronda Rousey in Roadhouse. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to see it. I want to see Patrick Swayze, sure. the guy from Dirty Dancing. Yeah, busting out martial arts moves sure. and being a, an amazing actor. Yeah. and entertaining us. Don't you know people need to understand that it's entertainment yeah, yeah yeah I am a martial artist and I can handle myself yeah I'm not about to go in and knock Conor McGregor out in 20 <laughs> seconds okay because I don't train to do that I train to do films yeah having said that Conor <laughs> no but you know if I wanted to be a fighter I'm sure yeah. it would have been quite good but that's not what I train for and sure. people need to get over this Hollywood's yeah. stupid like that. Oh, we're gonna put we're gonna put the new uh, UFC champion. Well, it's a thing they can put on the posters, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, but guess. it's bullshit. It's a sales point. It's yeah. bullshit. Yeah. yeah. It's you know, come on. But I think it's telling that the path that you decided to take wasn't necessarily in the you know you you went down the 
straight acting roots, didn't you? Like you, yeah, I'm an actor. Drama, drama school. I'm an actor first, you, martial artist yeah. second. I went to drama school. I went to the Webber Douglas Academy of Dramatic Art. Yeah, you know, I've, I've done the Shakespeare. I've <laughs> treaded the boards. Um, I've paid my dues. Um, you know, I was doing martial arts from since I was a kid, and it yeah. came very easy to me. Yeah, and when I do that, I have a lot of confidence. When I first started acting, I had a big confidence problem. Yeah. And it took me a while to get over it, to be honest. Um, so back in the day when I started, my confidence drowned out what little talent I had. And it was a problem. Right. And it was a hump I had to get over. Just shy, just shy on, yeah, very, on stage? Yeah, I was a very the... shy kid. Yeah. Very shy. Yeah. Which didn't go well with being a performer. Sure. And that was something I, I worked hard to overcome. Um, and so you've been able to see my improvement as an actor, which, you know, it was a better actor than given credit for, but when the lights were shining on me, I would sort of curl up into yeah, my yeah. turtle shell. Was this in what sort of school productions? Or yeah, just things in, I mean, uh... the first play I ever did, I made sure I had the, the smallest part and stood at the back. I wanted to do it badly, but I was so scared to do it. Yeah, okay. So that whole wrestling with that. Uh, but, you know, I'm over that now. Um, and I think uh, I'm in a good place. Can a slow starter. Can you remember the turning point then? Was there a, a moment where you were like, ah, I've, I've cracked this now? Or was it just through perseverance and just practice? You just. Yeah, you I don't remember made... a specific moment. Yeah. I mean, I remember doing something like Criminal and working with Gary Oldman, which is recently, but mm. you know, being sharing the screen with Gary Oldman, who in my eyes is the greatest actor yeah. living. Uh, and you know obviously not being as good as him but to share the screen with him to hold your own to be an actor feeling comfortable sure. against, with the greatest you know that, that that was not lost on me do you still ask questions to these these guys when you're m making movies I, the, the one thing I learned from Gary Oldman is that I learned nothing <laughs> because he just made it look effortless sure he's just you know he's brilliant um you still must have those moments when you're making these movies and you see these guys at work and it must be, you know, as equally as you're impressed by, say, working with Tony Jarre or something. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, just that mastery of the acting craft, that must be quite impressive oh, yeah, to see it's, that up it's, close. It's, it's, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. They just act as, like, somebody like Gary Oldman, he, he messes about in between takes, you know, sure. does a rehearsal in a funny accent. Yeah. In the style of... Uh, I can't remember what the actor he was doing, but he was urging me to do it in the style of Schwarzenegger. <laughs> and uh, then, you know, they say action for take one, and he's phenomenal. Yeah. And uh, I'm there like, oh, shit. He can just mess about. Clearly, I need to concentrate more. But, um, yeah, no, I mean, you keep... That's the great thing about martial arts. That's the great thing about acting. Mm. You, you'll always learn. There's always more to learn. Yeah. Um, and it's a real, a real journey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's always more to learn. Yeah, Benedict Cumberbatch as well recently. Words, Benedict words Cumberbatch, yeah. But then he guy. must have because you had that long sort of fight scene with him. I bet he was just thrilled to, you know, be getting into something <laughs> like a more physical role. Well, I'm not sure he enjoys it that much. Right. It's a lot of work for him. Yeah. I remember him uh, throwing a punch and me blocking it, and it really hurting him. <laughs> so I know I was only blocking it. Um, <laughs> But no, he's a great guy. That's mm. the problem with playing Doctor Strange. You, you don't have the the mask to hide behind. So yeah, true. He had to do a large majority of it himself. Yeah. 
But listen, he got stuck in. Yeah, Did yeah. a great job. I want that medal, or I'll take your life. You started off from doing, you know, like EastEnders, Holby City, Doctors, those types of shows. Yeah. It's sort of rites of passage, isn't it, I guess, of yeah, a yeah. sort of British, you know, actor. Yeah. Um, when you were on those shows, were you always, you were all, it was always a means to an end at the time, or were, were you thinking, I want to be an action star, but... You know, what, when, when's that opportunity going to come up? Am I going to still be stuck doing, you know, Holby City for the next 10 years? Or or were you... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not that that's a bad thing for anyone no, no, who does no. that, of course. No, it's a good gig. Yeah. No, it was a means to an end. Yeah. I always wanted to be an action star. Yeah. You know, and I, I realised that that's where I can shine. Mm. Uh, and that's honestly all I've ever wanted to do. So getting jobs in Holby City and EastEnders was a chance for me to... Because I, I already had the martial arts. Uh, yeah. Just something that came very natural to me. And I'm just very good at it, naturally. Yeah. And the acting was something that I had to prove. So getting those parts and, and being in those shows was a way to show people, OK, I can do this and I can do this. Yeah. Let's put them both together yeah. and then we've really got something. Sure. Um, so, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then the transition into Hong Kong happened. There's a couple of stories I've heard about this. Spotted by Bay Logan, is that right? That is right, yeah. That's correct, yeah. Yeah, yeah I would send Bay Logan my showreels yeah. and in the days before the internet he would write back really lovely letters um, encouraging me to continue. Nice. And, Keep keep going and, yeah. and whatnot, and then eventually they were casting for Extreme Challenge. Yeah, uh, and Bay said, "Send your stuff to this address. They're looking for some white martial arts guys." Sure. And I never dreamt of going to Hong Kong. I didn't think that that was on the cards for me. And they ended up flying me out there, and then I became the new guy in Hong Kong for a bit, working with the different people. What was that audition tape that you sent him? Can you remember? Well, no, it was just a show reel. Just so show it would reel. be me doing my martial arts. Uh, and some clips of me on the stage doing Laertes yeah, in yeah. Hamlet or Were you Benedict on the TV in... at that stage as well? That was early 2000s. Well, no, what it was, was it? I did, 99, I did Extreme Challenge, uh, October 99. Yeah. Um, and then I did Doctors in the spring of, or February, March 2000. Sure. So I did Extreme Challenge, Hong Kong martial arts yeah. film. It's quite then, a shift. The next job was Doctors. <laughs> yeah. BBC. Sure. Uh, Pebble Mill. My mum loves Doctors, by the way. Yeah. She's a I was in the very first episode that was shown prime time yes. Sunday night yes. to get the most viewers. Absolutely. And, you know, they needed Scott Adkins to pull in the numbers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you'd done a few, like, jumping kicks and that, that would have been, uh, that might have uh, no, grabbed mate, my attention. No, no jumping kicks. <laughs> Just RB Joinery, Ross Pearson. Yes. Yeah. Then uh, the whole uh, the whole Hong Kong thing kicked off, and then yeah. you're then then pretty soon you're you know working with Jackie Chan. I mean that sort of happened around that time. Then did it? Yeah, but just as a stuntman, really, just yeah. as a martial artist. Extreme Challenge, I did a little bit here and there with these masks on terrorist group or something. Yeah. And then I run in at the end and got my face punched, and that was it. <laughs> but very happy to be there. That's the Stephen Tung film, isn't it? Tung Wei did, did Stephen that, Tung Wei did yeah. Extreme Challenge, yeah, and yeah. then he was asked to to do uh, the action design by Teddy Chan on The Accidental Spy. Sure, yeah. So, but and they worked in conjunction with the Jackie Chan stunt team. Yeah, and it was Stephen Tung Wei that asked me to come on board, and that's how I met Jackie Chan. Yeah, and then was asked to do uh, the medallion. 
yes. later through yeah. that connection. Sure. I remember turning up for the medallion and the first time I saw Jackie, he shouted, he was up, up on these containers or something, and he shouted, Scott, go over there. And I just remember thinking, oh, he remembers my name. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. That's awesome, though. Hey, yeah. what was he like on set? Is he? I've heard a lot of stories of him on set and what he's like. He's very. Well, he uh, works extremely hard, yeah, yeah. and he sweeps up the set himself. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I sat down on the medallion and watched him do thirty-two takes of a particular movement to do with this coffee cup and spinning around. And, yeah, yeah. Um, and that was quintessential Jackie Chan stuff. I was very happy to, to see that, to witness it. And it's you know, it's like he said himself. It's about his hard work and dedication it's not that he's superhuman he just he keeps going and going and going yeah. until he gets it right yeah yeah. and then the big sort of break I guess is as we were saying probably was uh, Boyka would you say when that role came along would have been a big yeah a big for role, me when that came out things slowly started to change yeah. and then I started to get offered um, roles because of that um, and you know doing The Shepherd with Van Damme yeah. was, was great yeah and then being asked to come back to do Assassination Games with Van Damme again. Yeah. Um, and I think the performance in Assassination Games made... Great film. Yeah, thank you. Made people take more notice. Yeah. And then, you know, we followed it up with Undisputed 3. Yeah. And Ninja and... Ninja films you know. are fantastic as well. Yeah. The, the Working with Van Damme must have been... I mean, you know, this is someone who, as you say, Bloodsport was your entry into yeah. this whole thing. Uh, and then when you finally met him and you started working with him was that everything that you hoped it would be you've worked with him loads so yeah. uh, it's amazing experience on. look when, when you grow up watching an actor and then you meet them later on in life it, it really has a massive impact on you mm. i mean i'm a huge fan of tony jar yeah and i respect him so much but because we're the same age yeah uh and i've been watching his stuff as i've been making my own way into the film industry yeah, yeah. when I meet Tony Jaa it doesn't have the same reverence because it's it's the guys you watch as a kid yeah. when you're a child yeah. and they leave that lasting impression on you Absolutely. when you meet those guys yeah. that's that's when it, that's when you get starstruck yeah. um, meeting Donnie Yen recently at the at London Comic Con yeah, yeah sure I didn't I thought it'd be fine you know I didn't even think oh I might be starstruck but then it's, when I saw him I was like oh shit you know it's Donnie Yen and you've yeah, watched yeah, so many yeah, of his yeah. films as a kid yeah and so it's it's when you meet the people that have a huge impression on you as a kid that you get massively starstruck so of course with Van Damme who was the man for yeah, me yeah I was the biggest Van Damme fan in the UK <laughs> I can guarantee it to meet him was a huge um, milestone huge experience you know yeah yeah and obviously you've worked with him lots, so you know you two must have a, a good dialogue. You must work together very well. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I like to think that oh, I don't know. I, I shouldn't even say this. I should, I'm not going to say it. I've got to say it now, haven't I? I feel like Van Dam. I feel awkward saying this, but I feel like I'm the natural successor to him. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know how he feels about that, but sure. obviously I've done Van Damme movies, and I'm not trying to ride on the coattails of his success, even though it seems that way. But a friend of mine, a mutual friend of Van Damme's, actually told me recently that he'd said that he thought... He said that. I was the yeah. the successor yeah. to him, which... Sure. I, I hope that's true, Jean-Claude. <laughs> I hope that's true, mate, because got nothing but love for you, mate. 
you created me. Yeah. Um, but that makes it. I mean, hard target yeah. too. I mean, well, I'm a white know, guy with muscles that's good at martial arts. Sure. The and, comparison you know, is I'm there not many miles away from Brussels. Yeah, sure. <laughs> no, so not. That's you know, true. the comparison's there anyway. <laughs> I'm not Chinese. No. <laughs> so. Um, but I guess you're right in the sense that you know Van Dam very much cornered that market. You know, at a time when you know that was that was huge that martial arts uh, boom in the West in particular in the late 80s into the 90s um, you know that was Van Damme's era wasn't it really and yeah. I guess there hasn't really been since then someone else who sort of continued that no because it was a different time back then and yeah. there was the martial arts boom and there was the video boom and then all these <clears throat> yeah. people came along really uh, Van Damme opened up my marketplace for other actors like that but it's a different time now. If Bloodsport came out now, well, there's already been a Bloodsport, you know. Yeah, so sure. it's that time has, has gone. Yeah. yeah it's it's hard, harder to be unique. It's harder to be new. So are we in a are we in a good place or a, or a bad place for that sort of market? I think there's more martial arts on screen than ever before. Yeah, which is great but for the fans. It's great. Some for good stuff. Really good stuff out there. Yeah, yeah. But they're not they're not necessarily martial arts films. Their martial arts is appearing in the superhero movies yeah. and in other action films, uh, and we're able to make normal actors uh, look proficient in, in the martial arts. Uh, so you don't have the eight, the action stars of the eighties as they were back then, which I kind of miss. I mean, I love to see when he when he got people that do it for real. Yeah. You know, we got Statham and. Um, the, the rock and but it's a different time it's a different time yeah yeah and I feel like I'm kind of keeping that genre alive in a way yeah yeah I mean yeah well probably there's there aren't many UK I mean Statham yes you, yeah. you're south, there's not there's not many is there really I guess you know yeah but I'm more cool. full on martial arts than yeah, Statham that's right um, so I'm bringing some proper full-on martial arts films not yeah. all the time but sometimes yeah. and I enjoy that my tiger kung fu is better than yours I don't think you're good enough to avenge your master what's the next what's the next thing I, I read an interview with you where you said uh, that your your earliest ambition was was to become as you say you know the next big martial arts movie star yeah you kind of are you kind of are that now yeah do you have you know what's your ambition after that <laughs> it's, it's time to get into the A-list movies it's time to get Hollywood that's the thing to yeah. get serious about sure. the Scott Adkins business yes. come on yes. what, what we're come doing on. here it's time <laughs> yeah get your head out your asses. yes it's time for someone up there Universal Warner Brothers Columbia whatever yeah bloody Disney it's time for somebody to give me a shot. Mm. Come on, guys. Yeah. What are we waiting for? Yeah. What a terrible podcast this <laughs> turned into. I'm an arrogant bastard. No, but that's how I feel. Yeah. I'm waiting for my shot. That's the next. Let's have it. I've earned it. Let's yeah. go. Let's go. But you can see the transition even from, as you say, the doubling work early on. And then that was into, um, you know, bigger roles in... You know what you're getting in Expendables 2 as well. It was a big movie, and then in Doctor Strange. Yeah, but I always get, I always get sidelined. It's yeah. like we're, we're, you didn't say didn't anything in the... Doctor Strange as well. I did, but they cut it out. Ah, interesting. And um, 
you know, expendables. They don't put me on the poster and things yeah. like that. I, I, I feel like I always get a bit slighted. Yeah. I don't know what it is, man. Just <laughs> give a British me, thing. Just give me my Is that shot. what this is? It's a Sutton Coldfield thing. <laughs> they, hate, they, they hate the Brummies, man. Sure. They're tough on the Brummies. Yeah. No, I don't know what it is. I... You've got this American assassin coming out. That sounds like a uh, a, a meaty role there. That's a it's a not a meaty Michael role. Keaton it's, uh, role. That's not a meaty it's, role. Okay. It's it's a supporting role in uh, a film with some very good actors. Very yeah, happy yeah. to be a part of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's I don't think it's going to change anything. It's just you know me as a jobbing actor mm. doing different things. I mean it's great to, to act with Michael yeah. Keaton yeah, and yeah. Uh, Dylan O'Brien and Taylor Kitsch. Uh, but yeah, it's not going to change anything. But it looks like it's going to be a great film. Yeah. So I saw happy, the trailer. happy to be part of it. That looks really good. Yeah. Triple Threat as well. Triple Threat? I mean, man. Tony Jaa, Eco Aways, Tiger Chen, Scott Adkins, Michael Jai White, Michael Bisping. How the hell did... Selena Jade. How did that happen then? <laughs> we all wanted to work together. Yeah. It and, sounded uh, like... Because I was following the story of that and you had Tony Jaa was definitely linked to it. Eco Uway was linked to it as well and Tiger Chen was. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and and I, I, I contacted them and said, "Listen, I want to be part of this." You, so you personally went out to them and said you you wanted to do that. Yeah, 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 fantastic. And uh, and you were like, oh, "I've got some mates as well. They might want to drop in." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now we put together a mini uh, martial arts expendables. No, look, we got some great action in that film. Tim Mann again, Jesse Johnson. You know, delivering again. Um, really, he's gone from strength to strength. Jesse, he's, you know, he's he's there now. Yeah. He's, he's breaking through. Very happy for him. My next film is with Jesse Johnson. Yes, yeah, so you're, you're, this is what you're flying over to Los Angeles to do. Is that that film? Yeah, we're going to do the pay-up, which is a different, uh, bit more story-driven, dramatic role. But, you know, with action. But it's about these debt collectors. Really nice script. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, just continuing to work. But, uh, you know, Hollywood better give me that shot, man. Otherwise, I'm going to... Turn up at somebody's door with a flamethrower. I don't know what I'm going to do. Before we go, because um, you are so busy, I wanted to ask about your sort of work-life balance. I mean, do you have a work-life balance? I know that you're, <laughs> you're we're, we're near we're near home now, yeah. so home is is Birmingham still, and yeah. Oh, I mean, it's difficult. Spend difficult. a lot of time away from home. Yeah. I mean, I get obsessed a bit. Yeah. I've been obsessed with accident man, big time. And yeah. You know, are I, you a workaholic? I, Would you say you're a yeah, workaholic? I'm a li- I get lost in it a bit. Yeah. So I need to take time out to go on a nice holiday with the family. And yeah, yeah. Spend some time. I've been really busy lately. I, yeah. I, I owe them that. Yeah. But uh, keep sending the checks home and hope my wife forgives me. You've got a daughter as well, is that yeah, right? Yeah, six-year-old daughter. Six-year-old daughter. She's beautiful. Does she know what you do for a living? <laughs> is she yeah, she, she knows. She wanted to be an actor for a little bit. Okay. Now, now it's a singer. Right, uh, and then it was a chef, okay. and then it was a teacher. Yeah. So I don't know, but um, whatever she wants to do, I will encourage it. She can be whatever she wants. She can't quite see her dad's films just yet. Then. Well, I do a lot of films with her. <laughs> sure. I film her on the iPhone and I edit it together in yeah. a professional way with a bit of music. And nice. She likes watching herself as much as I do. Um, <laughs> so when she watches me in a film, I'm not sure she can tell the difference between the iPhone one and the and the real film and the 10 million dollar one or whatever uh, but then I showed her a clip of one I did when I was in space and she was yeah. pretty impressed by that okay cool she thought I was actually in space, in space. <laughs> yeah and she's exposed to 
me doing fly kicks over her head and things. <laughs> it's pretty regular normal. basis. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Thank you very much, Scott. Thank you very much for your time. Thanks, Ben. You know what you're talking about, mate. Very knowledgeable. Thank you very much. So, there we go. Scott Adkins there. The hardest working man in martial arts. Um, He just keeps going, keeps delivering the goods, flying the flag for authentic no holds barred action packed ass kicking long may he continue by Boyka Undisputed 4 on Blu-ray and DVD make sure you do that support Scott Adkins and uh, the martial arts film industry it's out on the 1st of August I'll put the Amazon link on the website I will of course keep you posted on Scott's many other projects as and when they are released uh, there's a lot of Scott Aitken stuff to look forward to um, so I will be sure to keep you posted with regards to all of that thank you again for downloading I want to thank George Dennis for his amazing technical support he's an absolute legend thank you George uh, we're on Twitter Facebook Instagram the website is kungfumovieguide.com and if you want to email me, the email address, as always, is hello at kungfumovieguide.com. Um, the show continues, as it always does, in two weeks' time uh, when we have another star from the world of martial arts movies. Until then, take care, foo followers everywhere, and I'll see you soon on the Kung Fu Movie Guide podcast. Thanks again. Bye for now. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.